Welcome to the Real Estate Marketing Podcast. My name is Jerome Lewis. I am your host for today. Real Estate Marketing Podcast is a podcast where we talk marketing, tech, business, and leadership. We talk these things for real estate agents, real estate investors, and real estate entrepreneurs. Real Estate Marketing Podcast is a podcast that has two purposes. Purpose number one, to educate and inform our audience and listeners. Purpose number two, Norma, to spotlight you, your business, your service, or your product in a way that provides value to you, including market exposure and content creation. With that, we have a very special guest, Norma, I'm going to say your Jean Richards. <laughs> Norma is a successful real estate entrepreneur and developer who dramatically increased her family's net worth in just five years. With an itty bitty social security check and retirement account, she set out to become a house flipper, wholesaler, short term rental investor, and now a real estate developer. Her goal is to help others achieve the same success by encouraging them to find their niche and step out of their comfort zone. Norma is a certified science teacher from Ohio and holds a Bachelor of Science in Microbiology from Howard University in Washington, D.C. She is also the co-host of the Short-Term Rental News Network on Facebook and will soon release a book on real estate investing. Norma, welcome to the show. I'm glad you are here. I am glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. So, Norma, it's 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 been it's been. I'm excited. It's been a while. So, tell us uh, a little bit. Your tell it. Take us through your journey about how you got into short-term rentals in your own words. Uh, well, I got into short-term rentals because initially, back uh, when short-term rentals became a thing, you know, this Airbnb thing, my kids would tell me mom, we should stay at an Airbnb. And I was like, what is an Airbnb? It doesn't even have vowels in it. The right, It's not a word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they, um, so my daughter took me to Puerto Rico and I stayed in one and I really enjoyed it. And we went some other places and I was like, wow, people are making money just renting rooms out in their houses or renting out their rental properties. And I had rental property before, but you know, it was back before it was a thing. And I had long-term tenants that put sugar down my my HVAC in the ducts, believe it or not. That's the kind of stuff they would do. That was the worst thing that they did. So I didn't really want to do the, the rental thing. I got out of real estate at that particular time. But when this came about, I thought, wow, if I don't like the renters, they leave in a couple of days. <laughs> So, you know, it sounded like the perfect thing for me. You can make money and you don't have to deal with them for a whole year and they pay you more. And so it was perfect. And so I started by, um, I had interns in my house. My kids are all engineers. So they, they were in the National Society of Black Engineers. So when these engineers would come to town, there really weren't any short-term rentals in this area for them. So I started renting out rooms in my house. And then I, the next year I bought a property, fixed it up and had them to stay there. And so from then, you know, when the interns were gone, I'm like, well, what do I do with the properties? So that's how I really got started. My kids and then the need for interns to have a place to stay when they came to Columbus. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, can you tell, us like what is a short-term rental like what is it what does that mean well generally a short-term rental 
means a rental that is less than 30 days. Now, granted, when I had the interns here, it was more than 30 days. But short-term rental, by definition, if you go to your city or your city or county, you you will most of the time you people ask, are there any laws or ordinances? Do I need a permit? And they'll say, well, if you're renting your place out for less than 30 days, that is considered a short-term rental. Okay. So short-term rental, right? And that, that might make people think like, what is, well, short-term, well, what's a long, long-term rental? And then furthermore, like what, like what's in the middle? So short-term rental, you just define that, well, what, what's a long-term rental? You kind of talked about that. And then I want to hear from you talk about like, what's a midterm rental? So midterm would be anything over 30 days. So even 31 days would be midterm simply because the same rules don't apply. Uh, in most most municipalities, same rules don't apply. If you rent to someone more than 30 days, it's no longer considered short-term rental. And so, for example, here in Columbus, Ohio, is where I am right now, if you rent for less than 30 days, you have to pay excise taxes. But if you rent for more than 30 days, you don't have to pay an excise tax. So. Anything over 30 days, I'm, I'm going to say 30 days to maybe six or seven months, I would consider medium term. And then, you know, long term is uh, a, generally a year lease. Okay. Um, so people are interested in short term rentals and it's becoming like a, a popular thing. I want to hear from you. Uh, and I heard you talk about this in some of the like some of the groups like is short term rental. Is that still a good investment uh, from your perspective? Well, I can tell you that the short-term rental market has changed. And we've seen a dramatic change after the uh, lockdown during the COVID. Uh, because the good thing was during COVID, the hotels were locked, they couldn't do business. So we had this mad rush of people renting short-term rentals. And really during that time, short-term rentals made windfall profits. But the hotels have opened back up. <laughs> so you have that competition again. You didn't have that competition at that time. Um, also, you know, right after the, um, the uh, COVID let up, then you had people getting stimulus checks or they, they, maybe they hadn't spent their stimulus checks. And so that was still a good time. But now, you know, um, the interest rates have gone up. The economy is slowing down. People aren't traveling as much because it's more expensive. Um, lots of different factors that affect that. So to answer your question, is it a good investment? It's still a good investment. However, you have to be very methodical when you buy or invest in short-term rentals. You should definitely buy it with in mind of having um, the option to turn it into a long-term rental if you need to. Okay. Um, from your, per like, what is your favorite thing? Like, what's your favorite thing? What's your favorite benefit about a short-term rental? And then probably what's like your least favorite? Well, I think that my least favorite thing is that it is very, it, people think it's passive. It right. is not passive. Um, you have to 
deal with so many different things. You have to deal with guests, first of all. Secondly, you have to make sure your place is pristine clean. Because if someone comes in and finds a hair, your whole house is dirty. <laughs> I don't know how that happens, but it makes your whole house hurt dirty. Um, and then the other thing, you know, when things break down, you have to fix them pronto. You don't have time to redeem yourself. You have to get that done. In some cases, you know, you may not be able to get it done right away. And, and you know, you may have to give a refund or whatever. Uh, so that is the least favorite thing about it. The thing I like about it, however, would be you do make more money. Uh, so you have to have some energy to do this, though, because as I indicated, it's not passive. You do make more money. And um, there are a lot of nice people that I deal with, but there are some people that are just so unreasonable. Like I said, if there's one hair in the house, the whole house is dirty. So it just depends on your personality. If you can deal with the unreasonable people and if you can you know, bounce back and deal with the nice people as well that, that are not so unreasonable. Uh, so it is, it is a, it's fun to do. I like doing it, but it is a lot of work. Thank you. I, so what attracts me to it and what attracts me to this industry overall is I like to run businesses. So I like the fast pace and I know that it's not passive like people think it is. And um, that, that's, to be honest, that's one of the things I'm looking forward to. Like some people are going to get in and they're going to think it's easy and it's not easy. You really have to like, you know, you have to have like some, some business acumen. And um, one of the things that uh, that I picked up, I don't know where I got this from, but it's like, first of all, it's a business. It's not really an investment as much as it is a business. It depends on how much you put into it, but it's a business. You're running a business. And uh, to me, it's like you're switching over to a hospitality business more than an investing business. What do you have to say about that? Well, I agree with you. It is more hospitality than well, it is a business. Hospitality is a business, but it is more hospitality than some people would prefer to deal with. Now, if you're not that type of person that likes to, um, it for it to be your pleasure to do things for people, then it wouldn't be for you. But if you're the kind of person that loves to, you get pleasure out of making people happy, then it's the business for you. Thank you. So it's becoming more competitive, right? You got people being interested, even myself. I'm like, oh, look, that looks attractive. I want to get involved in that. Would you say that it's becoming saturated? Is it the market? Like, what is your perspective on that? Well, I can tell you that I think I was reading, um, and not only was I really reading, I can tell that there, after, you know, the COVID lockdown and other people saw the, the short terminal host making these windfall profits. They were like, I want to get into that too. So we had a 50%, I think it was a 50% increase in people owning short term rentals. Okay. So to say that the market is saturated might be an overstatement, but it's close. Um, you, you don't make as much money as you used to, unless you have, uh, I think the, the people that were in it before 
have the advantage because they have all these positive reviews and you have to build up to that and you have to make sure that you understand it is a competitive market um, not only are you competing with hotels but you are also competing with other short-term rentals and so it it has increased i don't know if it's saturated but the market uh has increased so that means you have to lower your prices if you can afford to do that. That's why it's important for you to buy the property right or be in the property right. Can, can you tell us about uh, what you mean by buying and being in the property right? What, what do you mean by that in more detail? Well, I think that you have to be able to understand and crunch numbers. Your number, you have to make sure you get a return on your investment that makes sense for all the work that you have to do. So. For example, if you own a property and you have a mortgage and you have a mortgage in, say, San Diego, where properties are really, really expensive because that's where my son lives and we were looking to buy out there, you might, you know, you, you might gross, uh, you know, quarter of a million dollars a year, but your mortgage is almost a quarter of a million dollars a year. So in other words, you have to crunch the numbers. It has to make sense number wise. You say crunch the numbers, like is there like a formula that, like a general formula or is, should it be specific to individuals? How does that work? And I also know that you, like you help people, like you offer a service for people that are interested in managing or running. So I want to hear you talk about that too. Well, when I say crunch the numbers, yeah, it, it has a lot of factors that go into it. And my, myself and my daughter, my daughter is uh, an engineer. All of my kids are engineers. So they're numbers people. I go to them. They have all these formulas and charts and all this stuff. And they, they can crunch the numbers and tell you what, or, and they tell me too, <laughs> if something makes sense financially. So you have to have someone on your team that can do that otherwise you will be in a situation where you're not really making money. You might be gaining equity uh, in your property and your property may be um, gaining, appreciate, appreciating in value, but you may not be making money. So it just depends on what part of the country you're in, for example, or um, yeah, how much your mortgage is, how much is the interest rate? It's tons and tons of factors. Yeah. So yeah, she has like, this system that she has put together and i use the system and um even on a daily basis so how much does it cost a nurse per day to to run the uh airbnb or i don't like to say airbnb the short-term rental are we how, what is our cost per day and how much should we do we have to make to make it make sense so those are um, what that's what I mean by crunching the numbers, having someone on your team that knows how to crunch numbers. That's not me. I deal with the, I deal with the guest. She does the numbers. Okay. How, how can, so you offer a service. How can someone like take, like get your service or maybe work with you or like reach out to you about those services that you offer and tell us what they are, like what you do. Well, uh, as I indicated, we set, um, we set up 
So, so you were saying, what do I do in terms of the other owners that I? Yeah, you help like manage some properties or something, right? Yeah, I have I have like forty properties now. Okay. And I'm able to manage forty properties uh, with short-term rentals simply because my daughter has set up all these systems that we can use. Um, so I can't take all the credit myself. Um, so she has systems in place that allows me and her to do what we, to manage these 40 properties. So, and we all, like I said, we each have our roles. I handle the guests, which is a huge task and she handles the numbers. Okay. Now you asked me, what do we do? What we do, we manage the cleaning staff. We manage the maintenance staff. We manage the um, the guest, and we we put all these systems in place so that we can manage the the forty properties. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds like so forty properties. That sounds like a lot. What is that? Is a lot. It um, is. Like what's like if you could give us like one like tip, you had to pick one. Uh, on, okay. Like getting up to 40, what, what would that be? One tip to to manage the... One tip to get up to that number. And then you can also give us a tip on like managing the guests, like what's like one of your best tips. Uh, well, as I said, I think the, the way to build, you have to have a team and everybody has to have their specialty and everybody has to stay in their lane. And I think really um, using technology has helped us the, the most as well. That's why I like young people, because y'all know technology. <laughs> so, uh, and, and you couple that with your intelligence and you can build some really innovative teams. And so, so I, they use me for the wisdom and the young people, uh, they do the technology part. And, you know, so I just think that you, and you have to be, you have to have energy and so you have to have enough energy to do this. And I used the word agile at one time. You do have to be agile. You have to be able to change on a dime, physically and mentally, because stuff is coming at you all the time. And so um, if you can't handle it, uh, you need to be mentally agile and physically agile. So team, like you always hear, like at least in our industry, you hear people say power team, you got to form your power team. So it's my understanding that having a power team for the short term rental business is going to be different than having a power team for something like a wholesale business or a fix and flip business. Can you talk about, um, you know, your power team and some key members of your power team? Sure. Um, I have. Um, what you were what? Well, see, the thing about it, you, you mentioned flips. So I've done, you know, a, a lot of these things already. So I, the flips help me to understand what needs to be done at the properties. So my team, I'm able to communicate with them better because I understand um, what needs to be done at the properties in terms of, in terms of maintenance. Okay. The other thing is my team... I communicate with my my daughter and everybody well because I, I appreciate the fact and I give them the young people their respect that they know what they're doing. You know, because sometimes when you have an older person, 
they think that they, you know, they think they know everything. <laughs> but we don't know everything. And, you know, so you have to, you have to have a diverse team. So that's how, and, and respect their specialties. But if you know something about what they're doing, um, which I know a little bit about technology, and so I can follow along. Uh, I know a lot about houses and um, how they work because I'm, I'm a developer as well. But yeah, so having some knowledge already is very helpful to deal with my teams. So we, we were talking in uh, people called the green room before we got in here. And you mentioned one of the one of the questions that you often get is people people ask you is like, what's the best place to buy a short term rental? And I know that can be like a, a loaded question, but I'm going to ask you anyway, because, you know, people, they do it. So like, what are, what is the where's the best place or how does that work? And if it depends, just tell us that it depends. Right. So well, it does depend. And you you uh, mentioned to me earlier that I should tell people how to get in touch with me. See, I would have to see all the different factors. I have to mm -hmm. consider all the different factors. And, you know, people can contact me through um, my email address, which is happy spaces. And it, it, in happy spaces is H-A-P-P-E-E -E spaces at gmail.com. So, you know, it depends. I would have to look at it look at the situation because every situation is different because I know a lady who's doing really, really well in a vacation rental area. And so if your spot is not in a vacation rental area, you know, you may not do as well, but you don't know all the particulars about her, her, um, what she owns and the equity and the the overhead you don't know all those factors so you just have to plug in the numbers so you just mentioned vacation rental right and a lot of times people will overlap sometimes it calls for overlap right short-term rental versus vacation rentals it's all different but i know that there is a difference between a vacation rental and a short-term rental can you tell us what the difference is between those uh well i think a vacation rental is really where you have the whole house, the whole unit. So like on Airbnb, for example, you can rent a room mm -hmm. and you can't do that on verbal, for example. You have, okay. to, it has to be the entire building because people are on vacation and they don't want to share their space with someone else. So I think the difference is primarily that you would have the whole building versus a room. Now, okay. you can do that on both of them, but Verbal specializes in that. Okay. And then, like, another thing, uh, oftentimes people associate, like, the short-term rentals with, like, people going on vacation. But you were talking, you were talking about your body. We're like, that's not the case. Sometimes people just rent out property short-term for other reasons. And one that we often hear about is, like, nurse, like, medical professionals, traveling nurses and stuff like that. So can you give us some insights and some perspectives on that? Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, I do. Those are medium term rentals. I do have some of those. And one of the things about I, I like those, but they don't you don't make as much money. That's just the bottom line. You don't make as much money because nurses are traveling. They have homes and mortgages that they have to pay back home. So they're trying to get the best deal. Um, they also like you, they they're working on a contract contractual basis. So 
I've had some to pay a deposit and not be able to really fulfill to come to the rental because something happened with their background check or their um, their uh, contract fell through or they took another one. It's just not as concrete as doing the short-term rental through other means. Thank you. We were talking a little bit about arbitrage and you gave a, a interesting perspective on that. So tell us what arbitrage is and then tell us um, your perspective, uh, like if, if you like it, you don't like it and give us the reasons why. Okay. So arbitrage means that if you go to an apartment complex or, you know, a private owner or something that has a building and they want to rent it, but they don't want to, and they, they don't mind if you do a short-term rental. And so you signed a contract with these, with the, with this, the owner, and you say that you're going to pay the owner $2,000 a month. And if you did that, for example, prior to the pandemic, when travel dropped dramatically, and you signed a contract saying that you were going to pay uh, $2,000 a month, which is what, $24,000 a year? Yeah, two times 12, $24,000 a year. You signed that contract you owe that person $24,000, whether you rent that place or not, okay? They can take you to court and get their money. Uh, so that's what arbitrage is. And let's say, and you know, it just depends. You know, I do know a lot of people that lost their shirts during that time simply because they had all these, uh, they had all these um, arbitrage contracts and when the market slowed down, they were not able to fill the short-term rentals. So they had to come out of pocket to pay. Or in most cases, they couldn't afford to do that. You know, if that's all you're doing. And so that was not a good situation. I do know some landlords were lenient and they, you know, they could really just convert back over to a long-term rental. But some of them didn't do that. You know, they just, they were mean about it. But it's, you know, this is business. You've signed a contract um, and you never know what's going to happen with the market. Even now, you, like I said, we made windfall profits during the, the um, COVID because hotels were closed. That's not a typical situation. Typically, hotels are open. So the, the, la the last... The next time this happened was, you know, when, when the interest rates started going up, people stopped traveling and, you know, and with inflation and stuff, people stopped traveling because you're paying $5 for a dozen of eggs. You can't afford to go anywhere. So those kinds of things you can't predict if you find yourself uh, with these arbitrage contracts, just know that you're signing up you're signing a contract just like it's your your car note but they, they can repossess your car but they'll take you to court and garnish your wages or lien your property or something uh if you cannot pay that that other arbitrage contract yeah so one of uh one is like in real estate investing one of the most common expenses is the mortgage 
right? It's probably the biggest expense, right? Oh, yeah. Anything? Yeah, the mortgage is typically the basic business biggest expense what are some other expenses associated with like short-term rental it can be like you know uh some of the more common pest ones. control pest control oh that's a that's a very important that. yeah well, you better have pest control because no people worse than a hair is a roach or a rat <laughs> okay so that's one of the expenses, which, you know, uh, depends on where you live, whether you okay. how bad that problem is, but it is an issue. Mm -hmm. So you have all your typical uh, expenses, insurance, insurance, lawn care, um, you know, just like utilities. Work, utilities. Yeah. Yeah. And they go up in the winter when it slows down. And uh, so, yeah, just. But you have extra expenses on top of that. You have to pay cleaners. You have to pay maintenance people. And you pay them a little better because, you know, these are emergency situations. You don't, you, when you call the, the maintenance people, which I have a team of them, but when you contact them, they know you need, they need to be there in 10 minutes. It's not something that they can wait around. Okay. Um, let's see. How do you manage, you already talked about a little bit, mm -hmm. but I'm going to ask you anyway. How do you manage these properties effectively? Like, uh, How do I manage them effectively? As, yeah. as I indicated, I have teams and systems okay. in place to do that. And, um, and I pay them well. Okay. That's the key. You have to pay them. So when I call or text, they're like, what you need me to do? <laughs> Where you need me to go? Because they know they're going to get their money right away. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I believe in paying people well, too. Mm -hmm. So it's, It gives you an advantage. Exactly. Exactly. Um, next question. How do you... So this one is like weird and tricky, and we're working on a project together to help people... Um, stay up to date on some of this stuff uh, because it can be so tricky. So I'm going to ask you the question and then I want you to talk a little bit about the news network and uh, also how you handle it currently. So how do you handle legal issues related to short-term rentals such as local regulations, taxes, and some of that stuff that are that's coming down the pipeline? Man, I tell you, Jerome, this the regulations are constantly changing and you have to stay up on them not only are the regulations changing, but the platforms that we use, their terms and conditions are constantly changing. And if you don't keep up with that stuff, you could really be in trouble. They could shut you down and you won't even know, what did I do? Well, you didn't read the, re the new regulations or the new terms of the, the agreement. So that's one of the things that um, I am very astute about. I make sure that I keep up with, I'm up late reading, making sure, or I'm up early reading. That's what I do every morning. I read. So I have to keep up with these things because there's, if you don't, if you could have lots of consequences, legal consequences. Um, you can, I know people that have had their, they went out and bought really nice properties, fixed them up and did all this stuff. And they got shut down. So that's a tragedy. So you have to keep up with what's going, the regulations and the rules 
on these platforms. How can we how can we keep up? Uh, how can we get news from you? Well, actually, you know, since we're starting this new um, short term rental news network, which we will be on Facebook, is it weekly? I think weekly. And so we will be bringing the news about changes in the short-term rental industry all across the country. So it'll be relevant to many people. And these are trends that, you know, if they're doing it in this place, more than likely these trends are going to happen in some way in your area. So we have to keep up with that, that type of news. And so that's what we're going to be doing. So you can all join us on a weekly basis um, to find out what's new. What are the trends? Mm-hmm. Yeah, strnewsnetwork.com. That's our website. You'll have access to uh, the group as well as some resources on there. Uh, Norma's working on a book. You're going to get a book from her, and yeah, you can stay up to date on the latest news for mm-hmm. your business. Uh, Norma, what is? Um, I, I want to hear. Uh, you know, I like love. I love books. Um, I want you to talk about your book on. Uh, it's not directly relevant to what we're talking about, but I want you to talk about your book. Um, free ride to college really quickly. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Now you say it's not relevant, but I tell you it is. It is? Let's talk about it then. Let's talk about it. Here's the deal. Mm -hmm. You know, I sent all of my kids to college on four academic scholarships Mm -hmm. and I did that um, and they're all engineers. So I did that intentionally. Okay. When they were in third grade up until they graduated from high school, I was grooming them for an academic scholarship because I knew that I couldn't pay for college. It's so expensive. Now, what does that have to do with um, what I'm doing now? Well, if you if you go to my website, freeridetocollege.com, you will see all the things that I did with my kids. But one of the things now, since they're engineers, is that they need to figure out what to do with their money, right? So they're buying real estate. That's number one. But number two, if you go to college for free, you don't have any student debt. That is the most relevant thing I I can say about this because most students graduate with a ton of debt. They cannot, they apply for a loan. Their income to debt ratio is too high. I didn't even realize that's what I was doing for my kids. They graduated and were able to buy a multifamily building. You know, so I, I, I do know. And um, like I had my mom and she did her best. Uh, mm-hmm. My dad was around, but not really. And mm-hmm. I, I like really you kind of know a little bit of my story. Like I really struggled and I wish I didn't go to college and I wish I knew some of the stuff that I knew. So it, mm-hmm. it is uh, or I wish I had a different understanding when I went to college. So it is very helpful to understand that like that debt hanging over you. Like if I didn't have that debt or if I was smarter about what I choose, it, it would have definitely made a difference for me. Um, you uh, can you tell us like how can we get you? Are, look, let me let me show you what I got. You already sent me a copy, but I want to know, like, how can you tell us how we can get a copy of this book? Absolutely. You can go to my website, freeridetocollege.com, and you can get a copy there. Uh, it's on uh, that's so it'll take you. You can buy it directly from Amazon 
And um, I recommend it. it. It just makes so much sense to graduate with no debt. Then you can really afford to buy real estate. How about that? I, I, I didn't even know. I wasn't even thinking about that. Was What I was thinking about was I didn't want to spend my retirement money, my little bit of retirement money. You already said. Yeah, the itty bitty, right? <laughs> I didn't want to spend my retirement money. I didn't want to take a loan against my house. And I didn't want to work two jobs because I simply don't have the energy to do that anymore. But those those are some of the things that I saw my friends doing at the age that we are. I'm, I'm in my mid 60s. I don't want to work two jobs. But my kids obviously are all graduated now. But um, still, when I was in my 50s, they were in college and I would have had to work two jobs or take my retirement money or, you know, Parents do what they need to do to send those, those kids to college. And let, let's be honest, kids waste a lot of money in college. They do. I'd rather them waste somebody else's and not mine. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know when I was in college, I wasted a lot of money. And my dad paid for my education all cash. But back then, you could pay for education. Mm-hmm. But now, it's you, you can't, you can't, your kids can't even go to school work and pay for their college education. You just can't make enough money because it's so expensive. So, um, yeah. With that, um, you think, right, because I, I deal with like a lot of agents too, and they just, they sell a lot of houses, but they never make the shift to like investing. Uh, what is your perspective? Like, should everybody invest in real estate? Like, can you give us some insight on that? Like, Well, I think like- that you have to have the uh, temperament to invest in real real estate simply because it is it's not always passive. It can be if you know you do something like notes, mm-hmm. uh, and there's so many different places you can how place ways to do um, real estate. You can loan your money out mm-hmm. and make interest off of it if yep. that's what you want to do. Um, so I would just depend. It just depends on your temperament and what kind of you have money to lend out of a self-directed 401k or if you want to do if you you're just a hands-on person you gotta you want to flip or if you want you know it just of course i think always that real estate is a good investment but it's not for everybody i agree some people would rather you know invest in the stock market and some people would rather live in an apartment and let somebody else worry about everything else you know, so it's just, it's just depends on the person and every, it's all good, whatever you, whatever you like to do. But I, I like doing real estate. Yes. I, I do too. And one of the biggest things that you mentioned is like, it depends on your temperament and your personality. So in anything, I always tell people like that depends on you and your personality. Like some people are not going to thrive in certain uh, aspects of real estate. Right. So a, a good example is like wholesaling. I thrive there because I like the high stress and the tension and I'm at that age where I can handle that, where some people are like, that's stressful. They're like, I don't want to deal with that, Jerome. I'm out. Right. So, but yeah. it's another aspect where you can invest as a landlord, potentially that might be more passive or like you said, notes, all of these things, like it depends on your personality. I do. 
think that everybody should invest in real estate. I just don't think everybody should do every type of real estate investing. So uh, what you mentioned about the temperament and the personality, I agree with that 100%. I don't think enough people say that when they're teaching or showcase showing things to people. It's like different personalities are going to thrive and do different things and in the different aspects of real estate investing. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we're getting close to the closing table. Uh, that's, that's what I call this segment, right? Cause we're in real estate. It's like, Oh, we're going to close down. So, um, one of the, uh, one of my selfish things that I like to do is I like to find out like how I can help the business owner. And I pose that question, um, two questions, right? So I like to ask like, how can someone, and it's also for a guest, right? In case they want to reach out to you, it's not just, Hey, let me pick your brain. It's like, you're actually adding value to that professional versus just picking their brain, you know, cause that, that stuff can be annoying. So how can someone add immediate value to you? or your business? Oh, wow. Um, well, immediate value to, for me, that's a good question. I never thought about it because I'm yeah. like, I'm always, I don't, I, I will find a way to get it done myself because I'm resourceful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I would have to think about that one, Jerome. Think about it. It's a good question, but I would have to think about it. Think about it now. Yeah, I'll think about it now. Okay. Yeah. So I, I got 10 seconds. Uh, well, I think that, um, man, you know, cause like, yeah, like some, I know that's the point. Yeah, like yeah. something that's really like, man, I could really use help with this right now. Yeah. Oh, I know what I could use help with. Mm-hmm. I could use help with bookkeeping. Okay. Because I have QuickBooks online and it is, uh, yeah, I just need some, I need to refine it. You know Dang. what I mean? Yeah. Okay, to. that's good. So, uh, I in, I was teaching, like I was doing, you know, like you run like a focus group yourself. So I was running one of the groups, and mm-hmm. uh, the speaker had did an excellent job. I was like, man, that was so good. And he was like, thanks, man. I was like, how can someone help you? And he was like, uh, I don't know. So I was like, I'm gonna start using that from now on uh, for people. And generally, like in private, like generally, you don't want to ask people that because it like makes them do more work. Right. It's like, oh, now I got to sit up here and think about like how I can like add value to my business. But it's a question I like to ask because I can figure out like, OK, how can I help this person before well, just I taking from them? I, I do appreciate yeah. it. But that is the one place where um, I need to make sure that although, like I said, my daughter has all these systems in place. But when it comes down to that QuickBooks online, I'm not real clear on it. I would like to be clear. OK. Um and I can think about somebody to, uh, too, just because you told me that. So the same question is, is uh, the, the next question is very similar, but this time it's long-term. And let me give you an example. So just so you have an idea. So if somebody asks me that question, like the short-term value question, I would think about like s- some product that I sell. Like I would be like, go buy a book. That's like short-term value for me. Or I'd be like, go buy a course. That's short-term value to me or my business. Or I could be like, write me a review. Those are all like short-term ways to add value to me that I have like stored up in case somebody asks something. Like right now, I'm looking for like endorsement letters. So I would ask, if somebody asked me that, I'd be like, write me an endorsement letter and that would bring value to me. So the next question, very similar. It is, how can someone add long-term value to you or your business? So a good example for me long-term might be send me a client right? That's, that needs help with marketing or send me somebody that's looking to sell their house. That would be like some long-term examples. So how can someone add long-term value to you or your business? Well, I, I guess um, they could, uh, if they had a property that they wanted to put on the short-term rental platform and they needed someone to manage that for them, 
you know, it would help grow my business. And so actually I got, uh, I was contacted by someone this morning uh, that's in Las Vegas that wants me to, to manage their short-term rental. Because I'm, although I live in Columbus, Ohio, I have properties that I manage in D Washington, DC, Flint, Michigan, and Columbus, Ohio, and maybe Las Vegas now. How about that? Yeah. Okay. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So uh, next question. Um, tell us, give us three books that you recommend to the audience and why. Oh, well, my favorite and one of them book, can be yours. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, obviously, yeah, my book, Free Ride to College, um, just go to freeridetocollege.com. And uh, the second book that I really like, it has nothing really to do with real estate, but it's called Good Self, Bad Self. And it's really a book about how to get yourself out of jams uh, when you make a, a public gaffe. It's very interesting and it's very, because people make a lot of gaffes and I'm not perfect either, but uh, it, it's written by an attorney. I think her name is Jacqueline Smith, but you, I don't know if you ever watched Scandal. Did you ever watch that? No. Well, anyway, that show was based on this attorney who would get uh, people out of jams. And so uh, it's a really good book. I, I like for all my kids to, to read it. Um, the other book, I like reading biographies. So I have read biographies on every type of entertainers, politicians, um, you name it. And I'm trying to think of one that uh, I would really recommend where they have overcome something. I like to read biographies where, you know, people have overcome things. So I can think of a few, but I want to think of, um, uh, oh, I know, Sidney Poitier's book. And also, um, oh man, Colin Powell's book. But I can't think of the name of those right now, but I did, um, I did, yeah, so Colin Powell's book and Sydney, Sydney Portier's book is what the two that I would recommend, but I can't think of the names of them right now. Okay, that's okay. Biographies. I'm gonna ask you this, because this is one of my favorite questions. If there, what is one question you wish I had asked you and how would you have answered? Uh, I think one question that you, I wish you had asked was, um, well, you know, you did a really good job <laughs> of asking questions. So I can't really think of anything that I would like to communicate to folk other than the fact that is how important it is to crunch the numbers and have somebody on your team that can do the numbers. Because I have seen too many people um, like myself, uh, want to get in real estate so bad that they went out and they made a bad purchase. And I was about to do that. I, really, when I was looking for a property, when I got the bug again, I was willing to buy this house. I think it was $7,000 and it had basically burned down. <laughs> That's what I wanted to buy. My husband said, are you crazy? <laughs> so he wouldn't let me buy it. But anyway, I think, okay, so I think the 
the question you should have asked is, I, well, I have the answer. I don't know how to pose the question, but don't, don't make, uh, don't be so anxious to buy a property that you make a bad investment. I've seen okay. that lots of times. Okay. All right. And, um, so you offer services. Tell us again, um, how we can get in contact with you and hire you for your services. And one thing that I, I think you talked about, mm -hmm. uh, that people will really probably benefit from is like those systems that you and your, your team, your daughter, your kids have set up. People might really benefit from that if they have a conversation with you. So tell us how we can get in touch with you again. Okay. So my email address is happy but happy is spelled with two e's at the end instead of instead of a y and happy spaces with an s at gmail.com okay now i do have another one that i kind of like uh it's called cozy thing cozy thing 333 at gmail <laughs> cozy thing yeah all right and uh so i think you know our our where i got this from right so our guest you know dewan 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 pink hair look here dewan i can't twyford twyford not by not off the top okay of all right well she spoke for Corey and Rhea GC a few times. She okay. does short sales. But I was on her podcast and I picked this up from her. She usually has the guests close out with one word. So most people do a closing statement. She does one word. So I adopted her same philosophy. I like the guests to close us out with one word. Close us out with one word. Um, all right. Persevere. Yep. Persevere. All right. And, and tell us why you pick persevere. Uh, because in life, whatever you're doing, you have to persevere because everything is not going to always run smoothly and you're going to run into some barriers and you have to overcome them. And so you persevere that through life. Yeah. Cause everything doesn't always run smooth. But Thank you. You find, you find the solution, you know. Thank you. I appreciate you. I am. Uh, so I'm going to close us out. I want you to stay here. So we can okay. catch up at the end. And uh, I appreciate you so much. Thank you. We oh, finally did it. I appreciate you. Thank you, Jerome. Right. You're welcome. Thank you. Stay here. Okay.